Pastor Roger Trowbridge, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here at the Dwelling Place, and we're excited that you came out, whether it's online or in person. Uh, it's good for you to uh, get together and, and celebrate. There are some good things to celebrate and uh, plenty of smiling faces, so I'm glad that you're here. Um, we uh, obviously have a really big present uh, here. It's been here for a few weeks, if you, if you have not been around, but we have a great gift, and we've been talking about the greatest gift. Uh, or not talking about, what we've been talking uh, and inviting people to uh, today. And uh, I don't know about you, but I like getting presents. Do you, who, who does not like getting presents? Okay, there's a couple people. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, but most people like getting presents. I think sometimes if, if you don't like getting presents, you just don't know what's coming, uh, or you don't like the, the surprise of it, and so it's hard sometimes when you, when you go to do those presents. Uh, I was, saw this video, uh, and there, uh, whether this person, I think this person shops all online and on Amazon, but there was like over 40 packages in their front yard of boxes, and that was the smallest it had been in months. Like, the news reporter went, and, it, and they called the city, and the city's like, well, that's on the county property. That's not ours. And so then the county had to deal with it, and, and it, was, it had dwindled down. They would come out, get a couple packages, and then go back in. But, like, that's a lot. And it wasn't even a very big home it was being delivered to. Uh, it was pretty. There's a lot there. And, you know, with Amazon, uh, it's funny. My wife, like, she'll order something. She's like, hey, you're not allowed to check any boxes for a week. <sighs> okay. And then, and then, I, and then I, I order something. I'm like, hey, you're not allowed to check any boxes for the next couple days. Right? Because that's how we, we buy things or, or anything like com- that comes in that. And, but the idea of gift giving, of, of giving presents, is nothing new. Right? It's been going on for ages. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen those, like, prank, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Or, Or would Joshua, commander of the Right? People that would be workers, not kings. He didn't go to the religious people. Hey, church, guess what? I got something special for you. Come and check it out. No, he didn't go there. It wasn't for people, it wasn't people in power that, and all of you are happy for that. But I don't mind singing in a choir where I can hide, right? Like, just put me with other people and I can hide in a choir. And our uh, college choir was, um, did the Handel's Messiah every Christmas, right? And it has that, you know, the famous words, you know, of, of Isaiah 9, 6, and it's, you know, of the, you know, everlasting God, Prince of Peace, right? I don't even know the word. Uh, anyway, so, but I got, I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool to participate in that and do it. So I signed up for, to, you know, to do choir and it's a lot of energy and practice for very little amount of reward on my college degree. So I was like, ah, this is my only semester doing college choir. But I at least got to do it once, right? I could say I, I put it in my notch in my belt. I've sung the Handel's Messiah. Uh, but other than that, uh, that's about as, as far as I go on that one. But in that, it is that Isaiah 9-6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, 
and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I find it interesting that it doesn't say King of Peace, does it? It doesn't say Ruler of Peace. It doesn't say Demander of Peace. It's a Prince of Peace. I find it interesting when Jesus came on earth, there was, I'm going to butcher this and Pastor Ben will be mad at me, Rock, uh, Roman, Roman Peace. Pax Romana. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for helping me. See, this is why I have smarter people with me. Okay, so uh, anyway, there's that idea that there was Roman peace throughout the land. Why was that? Because they ruled with an iron fist. If there was any sign of revolt, they would smash it down. If there was any sign of, and they did a great job when they would go and conquer. You know what they did when they conquered a land? They would take half of the people and disperse them through the rest of the land. Separate them out. And move more people in there. One, so that people would be confused and stay in smaller groups. that They couldn't get a big rising up at one time. And then they would just watch in friendly revolts. So now you don't feel so bad for the Pharisees and Sadducees when they got mad at Jesus. When they're like, hey, keep it down. We don't want the iron fist of the Roman government coming after us. And when the people that did want to revolt, who would they rather have? At the crucifixion, they'd rather have Barabbas, one at least that would take action and not a, this pacifist Jesus who just talks about it but doesn't do anything. This idea that they wanted peace, they've been looking for peace, they should have a prince of peace, but yet the prince is never the main ruler, is he? The prince is just has the title, has the expectancy of a king to come. When Jesus becomes the king of this world, peace will come with him. But right now, he's the prince of peace. Right now, he is the peace that is there. When we talk about peace, though, we need to look at the Hebrew there of shalom, right? And it's translated to to peace in the English, and it's used by Jews as a greeting, right? But shalom has many, many more meanings like completeness, wholeness, rest, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, harmony, lack of worry, the absence of agitation or discord. So when I say peace to you, what I want is I want the completeness in your life. I want prosperity in your life. I want wholeness. I want tranquility for you. That's what I mean when I say, peace be with you, or it should. See, I think too many times we get away from, we just say hi. Hi, buddy. Hello, how are you? When really we should be saying, peace be with you. We should be saying, I I grant you peace. I wish to bring you peace. And that's the type that, of peace that Jesus is, one that brings completeness, wholeness, rest, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, and fullness, harmony, lack of worry. Jesus is that peace. And I said that right. Jesus is peace. 
Jesus is not merely a teacher of peace or one who, is, who proclaimed peace. Jesus doesn't just represent peace. No, he is peace. Jesus is peace just like he is love. And he is literally peace in the flesh. Peace on earth now. Glory to God in the highest. Now peace is on earth. Jesus is peace. And when you get to hang out and do more than just learn about Jesus but live with him, then that peace becomes a reality on a daily basis for you. And his heavenly peace starts to totally saturate us, body, soul, and spirit. That we can have peace that passes all understanding in our lives. When my mom was taken from Fulton County to Toledo this week, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of peace in that moment. But as I was sitting in the waiting room, not knowing, we were told that she was life-flighted, and an hour later she still wasn't there. There was calmness in my soul. And instantly I knew, Holy Spirit, thank you for your peace. Because I probably would be a basket case without it. I can't explain it more than that the Holy Spirit was with me at that moment. And I could experience peace. I didn't have to worry. Do I pray? Yes. Am I concerned? Absolutely. But I have peace. Because everything is to the glory of God. Jesus is peace. He tells us himself in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I don't give bad gifts. I give you a great gift of peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I have peace for you. It's the gift that Jesus gives. It's who he is. I give myself. I am peace and I bring to you. I am the Prince of Peace. When you encounter peace, you have to share it with others. It should just be an overflow. How do I know that? Because look at what the shepherds did. Right? In our original text that we looked at today. It says that, hey, guess what? We should go look and see what has happened. They have to go search it out. When you are confronted with the option that where peace is, you should go seek it out. And when they did, when they finally saw the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, oh my goodness, the angels were right. Like they would be surprised that they would find anything else. (laughs) I mean, you just saw the lights guy lit up. But what did they do right after that? Started running over through the streets. Peace is here. Jesus is here. We saw angels. It's a big story. And they automatically start sharing what happened to them. Which leads to what we should do today. We should be proclaiming peace ourselves. Just like the angels proclaim peace on this earth, we need to proclaim peace to others. What did the shepherds, I mean, they did, they told the story. They told their story. What have we been talking about this year? Telling our story. Why? Because it's one of good news. One that has peace for those that need it. They couldn't hold it in. 
I mean, look at peace throughout the New Testament. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. That was Jesus' command. When you go to someone's home, you should say, peace be with you. I mean, Paul helped us understand this in his letter to Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He also says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. If you want to have peace in your life, let the Holy Spirit control your mind. And it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? We think peace is, oh, peace, bro. Like, let's just chill. The God of peace will crush Satan's head. Because we know that when discord happens, when fights happen, that's not peaceful. And who's the, who brings the most discord in your life? Satan. And when the God of peace, he's going to be like, uh-uh, you don't got no room in here. We're going to stomp it down. And the God of peace is with you to help you do that. I don't know. It's a fun little study. But check out the beginning and ending of almost every epistle minus one. Every epistle in the New Testament. Grace and peace be with you. 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 Everywhere, as they begin and end the books, it is about peace with you. You need to be proclaiming the peace of God in situations. The peace of God at work, the peace of God in your home, the peace of God in your family, the peace of God everywhere. And it's our job to proclaim that out. Because if we are silent, it's not going to happen. The only time that scriptures say that rocks will do something is when it's to praise Jesus. Not to praise peace. That's our job. We should be proclaiming peace. You want to know how I know this? Because it's in all of scripture. This is a theme throughout all of scripture. Because if we look in Hebrews, Peter's letters, John's epistles, Philemon even has it. Really tiny book of the Bible. Peace was offered all the time. We are to go and tell the story and proclaim peace. Jesus told them himself, John 20, 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Peace be with you, and now I'm sending you out. I give you peace and take it with you. In the armor of God, your feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. At the very beginning when Jesus came, the gospel of peace was told to others. That's good news. Yes, we have salvation and eternal peace. That's part of it. That's part of what we have. But it's more than just what we can gather up or fathom. So, I do have something under this box. You guys all thought this was just decoration. No, it's a present. 
But I thought it would be easier for me to just tip it over than to actually, like, unwrap it. Because that was a lot of work and time energy spent. Oh, the bow fell off. Whoops. We forgot to tape it down. I have a bag. Now, you might not think that, well, some of you might think this is an amazing gift. But inside my bag are shoes. Some are muddy. Some are dirty. Some are for the summertime, tropical weather. Pastor Roger, why do you have shoes in a box? Because we're supposed to be ready with the gospel of peace. Our shoes, where we walk, where we go, should be proclaiming the peace of God everywhere step we go. That means when I'm at the grocery store, I should be what? Proclaiming peace. When I'm at home, what should I do? Proclaim peace. Sometimes we want to go home and just veg out and rest and not do anything about it. No, it matters. Sometimes we try to avoid our home and we want to avoid and we just say, I don't want to go home yet. There's too many fights there. But we should be the ones taking peace into the situation. Sometimes we look at this and we're like, you mean I'm supposed to go to work tomorrow and bring peace? You don't know. I dread working with so-and-so. Oh, trust me, I had that person. Her name was Carrie. Is she on the schedule tomorrow? Man, it makes a difference. God, let me have peace tomorrow. I don't want to fight. I don't. I don't want to worry. But I want peace. When we try to proclaim peace, some people are going to look at us funny, aren't they? What do you mean, peace be with me? I hope that this becomes a culture of not just our church, but one of our community. Could you imagine if every business we walk into, hey, peace be with you. Now we have to be careful because James says, hey, if you just say peace be with you and then you don't follow through with action, it's dumb. <laughs> like like you, you need to follow it up. You need to give people food. You need to help people with clothes. You need to help them. You can't just say things and not mean it. Too many times we have words that are lies. There are songs that are lies when we sing. But tomorrow, when you put your shoes on, I want you to remember peace. That you are stepping in peace. I have a poem that I want you guys to listen to. Slide 17. So that the world may know peace is the whole reason for the Christmas story. I don't normally open with my punchline, but after this year, I think we can all agree peace has been hard enough to find, so I'm not looking to waste your time with clever wordplay or metaphors. I just know we need hope more than ever before. Because unlike ever before, you can literally read never-ending hurt on Facebook posts and in Twitter feeds. And almost every week, it seems we create another hashtag headstone. 
followed up by arguments with no regard to just how hard Christmas is going to be for a family in that home on this year. So many protests welling up out of passionate fear, filling the streets over political people we will never meet. I see people placing their hope in promises that we all know won't keep, and still the news grows increasingly bleak with stories of tragedy after catastrophe. Rumors of economic shatterings, a drug epidemic no one's talking about, because we traded truth for substitutes and they ain't really working out. So I think if the world is to ever know peace, there couldn't be a better time than now. In this Christmas season where we can run back to that sacred account It's been echoed for ages on end A prophecy of a holy God to struggling sinful men That says in order for the world to know peace A child must be born And to us a son will be given A prophecy then states the government will be his alone for the lifting His names will be Wonderful Counselor Mighty God Everlasting Father and our Prince of Peace. As for the greatness of his government and peace within, they say there will be no end to it. Absolutely no finite measurement. Such a promise as this held all of creation in breathlessness for over 700 years without a single shred of evidence. But then on a midnight clear in Bethlehem, a star proclaimed God was finally with men. It was the first recorded Christmas held in a dirty, dirty stable where God incarnate laid as a baby in the manger. All of heaven sang of a savior and shepherds came with tears bigger than Cubs fans in November. The world's first time with Christ is why we celebrate every December. My friends, I'll say it again, that the world may know peace is the real reason for Christmas. This isn't a ploy to make you forget about pain and reality. It's just so you know my God's in the business of being peace to humanity. So down to earth he came, knowing full well he would have to be pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He took all of our punishment so we might be free, and by his wounds we might meet peace. I hope you're getting this. Peace isn't found in a feeling. Jesus Christ is peace. And I wrote this just so that you could meet him. Merry Christmas. So are you willing to bring peace? It's interesting. I thought, how do you package peace up in a gift? I mean, do you take a present and say, hey, here's peace. <laughs> you open it up, what's inside? The greatest gift was Jesus. Peace on earth. And we're going to dive more into this thought of peace throughout the month. Because it is true. This world needs peace. Every conversation you have, more and more there are picking sides rather than peacemakers. You will be known as children of God if you are a peacemaker. So I challenge you today to be a peacemaker. I have two questions for you. One, do you need to encounter peace today? It's evident Jesus is peace. And I don't know where your story is. 
But do you need to encounter him today? Do you need to encounter Jesus? You might be thinking, Pastor Roger, you say to tell the story of peace or to tell my story. I don't know what my story is. Guess what? Your story has already started. It's your life. But if you have never encountered peace, as we've talked about today, then let me challenge you to meet Jesus today, to encounter with him. Now you might say, Pastor, I've, I've, I've known his love. I've met Jesus in other times, but I still don't know if I feel his peace. That's all right. Because as you live with Christ every day, the peace starts to naturally happen. That when unexpected bills come or when you get phone calls from emergency rooms, the peace of God will be there in that moment. I, I'm telling you, you can encounter peace today. The second question that I have for you is this. Do you need to proclaim peace? I'm going to do something a little funky. I want you to all look at your shoes today. Are they black, brown, purple, tan, canvas, leather? But as you look at your shoes, those shoes are to bring peace to people. Your shoes are to bring peace. You are to proclaim peace. And so I challenge you today. That when you put your shoes on, when you step foot into any place, that you start saying, peace be with you. That you start encouraging others to have peace. Even if you don't feel it, that's okay. You can still wish it upon others. And in return, they should wish it upon you. But if they don't, that's okay. You're still walking in peace. Peace.